here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, yo, what's good, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Five Mics. Uh huh, yeah, uh huh. Every time I start rapping, now nah, I'm playing. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. It's the Idea Manhood Podcast. It's your boy Five Mics. Husband, father, educator, writer, MC. The microphone gives me wings and all of that. And all of that. So we're here. I'm actually doing a double thing right now. I, I got the Facebook live going. Um, I'm, I'm recording live. It's it's December 21st. You know, it's holiday season. And I'm going to just go right in. And I want to make sure that, yeah, that as many people see this as, as possible. So thank you for tuning in. If you're on Facebook live, thank you for tuning in. And if you're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. I'm about to be on Spotify. I'm about to be on um, on 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 um, iHeartRadio. I'm about to submit the podcast there. So basically, wherever you listen to music, you can listen to the podcast. So thank you for tuning in. This is the Idea Manhood Podcast, Season Three, Episode Five. So um, last week's episode was entitled "Black Hole Sun." A play on the song from the 90s by Soundgarden. Um, Black Hole, W-H-O-L-E, Son, S-O-N. Where I talked uh, about my son and just, you know, the challenges of raising a boy um, in 2017. It's different, right? Um, and so, I've been thinking a lot about, um, you know, just relationships, right? Just relationships, just... You know everything that's going on right now, and uh, first and foremost, I just want you to know I'm sipping on. For those of you can see it on Facebook Live, you see those little black is blackberries in there. I don't know. I just tried something different. I got some tequila, some hornitos, hornitos tequila, uh, for my Mexicans out there. Um, a little bit of lime, limeade, a dash of orange juice. And I just threw some blackberries in there. I was just trying to be fancy. I don't just do. I, I don't even know. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to talk about narrative, and I wanted to also just address like just some of the conversations that are happening on social media. You know, on your Twitter page on. On your Facebook page, in real life conversations um, that that we're having every day, you know, narrative is plaguing. I'm not even gonna paint. I'm not even gonna paint it yet. I'm not even gonna paint the picture yet. Everybody understands, just so that we have an operating definition of what I'm talking about, like narrative, right? So people always say, you know, you're tainting the narrative. You're painting a narrative that is this or that. And a lot of the narratives that we listen to are, can be left or right, can be good or bad, 
But basically a narrative is a statement or a sentiment or a feeling that like paints a broad picture of a group of people or a situation or whatever it might be, right? A narrative is something easy that we can say, oh, all these people do this or, you know, all of these people act in this certain way. And in 2017, like we're operating off narratives. I'm not sure if we're operating off like realities. I'm not sure if we're operating off of people's actions in the moment or past actions. We're operating off of narratives that are our own, which is, all right, you know, that's your narrative. But we might also be operating off of narratives that other people create for us. Right? And so think about it. What made me really think about this really is um, one of my favorite online personalities is Amanda. Amanda Diva is what she used to be back in the day. Amanda Seals, I think, is her actual name, what she goes by now. And I was just flicking through Twitter today, like, you know, always do, go in the morning and flick through Twitter. And she had a, you know, if anybody follows Amanda Diva, Amanda Seals, you know, she's the actress that's, um, she's a comedian, she's an online personality, she's an actress, she's on um, Insecure with Issa Rae, she plays the, the wife character, um, the only married character in, in that series. Um, and... She's very vocal about everything. She's vocal about politics. She's vocal about anything she interacts with. And why I love her so much is because she's funny. She's super smart. You know what I'm saying? And she's not afraid to say whatever's on her mind, like whatever she's feeling. And, you know, recently in the past few weeks, like she's been putting out some videos. And she always does this. It's not new. Like she puts out videos of, you know, she always... Yeah, she she always talks about like f boys like oh these f boys i'm dealing with you know it's because black men don't do this and black men y'all want this and y'all be da, da, da. and so you know me like everybody else i see these things and you know when we see a narrative or we hear a narrative that is reflective of a group that we belong to like I don't know. Me, it makes me feel like it, I'm one of those people. Like I feel like I have to respond to it to try to break that narrative, right? So if I see someone like, oh man, all oh, black men are f boys. They don't want this. They always doing this. Da, da da da. I'm always that guy that's like, what, man? F that. Let me tell her what I think. Right? Always. And so again, I'm about. And the thing that's crazy is I'm talking about narratives in in somewhat of a negative slant, but I use them all the time. I use them all the time. I believe them. I follow them. Like narratives are an everyday way that I interact and engage with people. And so, you know, when I hear a narrative of a group that I belong to, like, oh, men always, they don't want this. When men are in relationships, you know where, you know where narratives is huge? Where I always feel compelled to like just flip the table over like when 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 wives or moms talk about fathers 
and men or husbands in relationships. Ooh, that that shit burns me. I'm like, what? Like I like I see narrative. Like I see some like it's common. You know, I follow mom blogs. I call you know mom blogs are the devil. I have a podcast episode that's titled Mom Blog. Mom blogs are the devil. So all those scary mommies, all that shit's the worst. In my perspective, that's my narrative. I, I own that, right? But you know, if you go on the mom blogs, your moms will like repost stuff. They're like, when men get sick, they don't do anything. But when I'm sick, I have to do this. I'm always busy, and the men are always sleeping on. Like, ooh, that. Listen, there's nothing like there's nothing that I feel compelled to respond to the narratives like that because. That's not my reality. Like, that's not me. Like, I'm sick all the time because I have two kids. I used to work in school, so I stayed sick. And half the times I was sick, nobody knew. So whenever I would see stuff, men don't ever do nothing, I'd be like, oh, word? I'm going to show her. Right? My thing is going down. My battery's going down. Um... So I was I was reflecting. I was talking about Amanda Diva. So I went on Amanda Seals on her website, on her on her Twitter page. She was like, yo, men always talking about they want this, but they da 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 da. And um, I was like, in that moment, this happened today. This happened today. In that moment, I was like, What? What you mean, men? Don't you mean the men you dealing with? Don't you mean like the people you interact with, right? But then I had to, and I was gonna respond because that's how I, that's how I do. I just, you know, like what are you talking about? You crazy? But then I was like, no, because for whatever reason, that's her reality, and some people like responding and making these claims as narratives validates their experience and validates like what they're going through and so that's that's not right like the narrative right now in so many different ways is you know i've talked about this in the past couple weeks like men are trash like that's that's a real narrative right now that men are trash we do this. We always cheating. We always out here doing like all these dastardly things. And if you look on everywhere, it's like that's what's being reflected in the mainstream media, on social media, in conversations. It's like why couldn't Kevin Hart just keep it in his pants? Russell Simmons, this, this, this you know, like it's all these narratives. And what people do, what I've seen is it's easy to blame or to limit or to place your experience within a narrative and say that you're being affected by whatever it is that you're talking about, right? And so the easy response is to come back and be like, no, not me. So where you see that, work and where you see that not work is like the narrative of black lives matter this is what made me calm down with like trying to respond to narratives and be like yo that's not me i don't do that that's just you because 
doing that could minimize or alienate the experience that that person is going through right and when you're offended by it when you're offended by someone else's narrative your first response is to like if you're offended your first response is to be defensive right and so i had to separate myself from it and think about it from the black lives matter perspective like Black Lives Matter, people are saying like, yo, Black Lives Matter, like we want to live, like we we believe that we deserve these rights, we deserve these rights, human rights, we want to live, blah, 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 but white people, mostly, shout out to my white listeners, um, white people are like, no, like, that's not me, I don't do that, you know, uh, and so that's when you get the counter narrative that all lives matter, and all lives matter while it might be true, might be whatever, in response to Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter is offensive. And I have to think about it like that. So in response to Black Lives Matter, my life matters as a black person. If I came through like, yo, All Lives Matter too, yo, you know what I'm saying? Then that minimizes what the Black Lives community might be going through. And so in the same light, when that whole, when Me Too was coming through, and everybody was, you know, all the women were saying, like, I've been affected by this. I've been raped. I've been, you know, sexually assaulted. I've been, you know, jokes inappropriate, whatever. My first response would be like, I don't know who you dealing with, but that ain't me. You know what I'm saying? I never put that out there, but I was feeling that. You know what I'm saying? I was feeling that sentiment. So I had to chill. I had to physically, like, remove myself from those reports from those websites from those posts because i felt myself being impacted and being prepared to respond like not me before russell simmons came up with not me which was ridiculous in hindsight but when it first started like my first thing would be like yo not me that i don't do that shit i don't i don't be sexually assaulting you know what I'm saying? I don't be I don't be raping. I'm not a raper. You know what I'm saying? Like that was not that's not me. I don't know who you're dealing with, but that's not me. But then I had to think about like that's that's offensive to the people that have been in those situations, that have been put in, you know, that have been raped, that have been sexually assaulted, and have been, you know, on the receiving end of these things. So I was thinking about, I was thinking, I was thinking, I was talking to people, I was talking to men and women, and it's like, when you talk to a group of men, men be like, yo, I don't know what to do, like, I don't even, like, what, like, how do you handle this, like, there's no, there's no good way to, like, to respond to a woman that's saying, yo, I'm, you know, I've, I've gone through this at the hands of men. And so men were either like retreating to their corners, talking like, yo, fuck, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Like, I didn't do nothing. Like, I can't talk to you no more. Like, whatever. And then men, women in their other corner, like, all oh, y'all like this. All oh, y'all men. And so it led me to, it led me to, 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 to start thinking about this a little differently. It led me to like really to take a step back, right? To take take a step back in those moments and be like, okay, 
my first episode of this of season three was about empathy right i talked about how like having empathy is so important to for men in our positions of power to handle and deal with all of these narratives that are being that are that are being thrown out there we got to have empathy we got to take that moment to be like damn I'm, I'm sorry you went through that you know i'm sorry you went through that and leave it there like that might not even be in our like in our in our frame of mind like we might not be the type to just leave things but in those situations when you're dealing with people that have that are offended or that have gone through something serious like your first response shouldn't be to turn inward and be like yo i didn't do it your first response should be to extend to be like yo i'm sorry you had to go through that and to me that's a sign of maturity but i talked about that three episodes ago what we're talking about today is like how do we move away from these narratives? Because the way I see it, the way I see it is that these narratives are killing relationships. These narratives are stunting conversations. These narratives are like, these narratives are preventing people from getting closer. They're pushing people away. And you see it start at home. You see it start in your own relationships. You see it start like, you know, husbands might say, yo, my wife always does this, da 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 And your wife will be like, yo, I don't always do that. I mean, I do it. I don't always do it. And so same thing. You see it a lot. It's so, it's so prevalent now that we don't even know when we see it and know when we say it and know when we engage in that way. And it's stunting our growth. It's stunting our ability to connect with one another. That is my opinion. My opinion, Facebook, right? I think that that narrative of, of like, whatever the narrative might be, it's preventing real conversation. Because in those moments where people are defending whatever they've been through, and they're either saying, like, all this all that you know y'all always y'all always women like to do this you can't see me on the camera but why y'all always and i just i don't respond well to that i don't always do anything that's always my response when my wife like she'll hit me with the why you always cut me off I don't always cut you off. I might cut you off right now. I might have just cut you off, but I don't always cut you off. I let you talk, but you know what I'm saying? Then you get into your bag and you know, you can't. It's hard to have that conversation when someone tells you that you always do something. You're more likely to, in that moment, do what they're telling you that you always do, but that you don't think you always do. You know, that's the thing that's so crazy to me. That's the thing to me that's like impacting and ruining relationships is because these narratives are so easy to just like let it be. And I think of all the narratives. I think of all the narratives. And if you want to see like a haven for narrative, just turn on the news. That's why it's so hard for me to watch the news. 
Because just today on the news, they reported PG County, Suitland High School, there was a big fight and they had the video, people pulling hair, fighting and shit. And I'm like, why are they, was there no fights today in Fairfax County? In the 48 high schools in Fairfax County, there was no fights. In Montgomery County, there was no fights. In Loudoun County, there was no fights. But showing a fight in PG County fulfills a certain narrative. And it makes a certain audience be like, oh, of course there's fights. Of course, because it's PG County. All the niggas out there. Yeah, right, 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 right. That makes sense to me in my in my head. My narrative, yes, there's fights out there. You see what I'm saying? So narratives can be easy. They can help you categorize. Like, oh, I could categorize because this dog attacked me when I was eight. So that means all dogs are going to attack me. That's essentially what a narrative is. Like, I saw this one case where a dog attacked someone, so that means all dogs are going to attack me. That's the danger of a narrative because it takes a couple circumstances that are that are very real and it paints the picture that every circumstance will be that same way. And that's so dangerous in this day and age. Like, in a day and age where our president is engaging with the public off of narratives he's the the narrative master but look at the people that are following that narrative it's easy for me like oh they stupid they following the narrative but he's speaking to a certain element in people that vibe with whatever he's saying so the narrative i saw about suitland high school Another story in the news recently, the high school in Washington, D.C., where you have, you know, certain uh, a high school in D.C. I'm not going to, you know, disrupt my political connects because I know everybody in that school. I know kids in that school. I know teachers. I know principals. I know leadership. And the narrative that the media is painting is that these kids from this graduating class should not have graduated. That's the narrative. And so if you don't do your due diligence or if you're a mouse or if you're blind and you follow the narrative, then you're not gonna do your research and find out what's really going on. So these narratives that people are painting are like so freaking, like, it's so powerful and they're dangerous in all areas of our life. You know what I'm saying? Like on social media, on the news, in our relationships, these narratives that we create and that people create about us is preventing real conversation. So when you're talking about the high school, when you talk about, oh, in PG County, they was fighting again, he showed a video, People that don't know any better gonna be like, yo, that's real. They're not even gonna, they're not even gonna blink. They're not even gonna test the narrative. They're not even gonna ask questions. What are they fighting? What are you talking about? What do you mean they missed 30 days of school? Like, they're not even gonna ask those questions. They're just gonna believe the narrative. So, my question to everybody here that's listening on the Facebook, you know, wherever it is, like, as an adult, because all adults are listening to this podcast, as an adult, 
how do you plan to engage with narratives in your future? Narratives about you, narratives that impact other people close to you that you're not close to. Are you going to believe those narratives? Are you going to question them? How are you going to respond to them if you're a part of that narrative? And um, I just think we have to do better. You know, I think that we really have to do a better job with that. And I have a couple steps. I'm just freestyling them. I didn't write them down. For those of you that are on Facebook Live, like I don't have any notes. I'm just freestyling. I don't know. These are the steps that's off the top. These are my Black Thought freestyle steps of how to handle with being around, responding to narratives that are good or bad. That's the thing. Like You can't just take in the good narratives like, oh, yeah, you know, all men do these great things like yeah you know i do do that yeah you know what i'm saying I, I do i do you can't just you know you got a question do i do that i don't i don't even know like you th there just has to be a way for us to respond to those so my thing is this when you hear a narrative that you agree with or disagree with or that you're upset about that causes you to feel a certain way you gotta relax that's step one you gotta relax Shout out to Nori. That I, I, I stay. I straight stole that from Nori. You have to relax. Like it's so easy. Everything these days is so emotionally charged. Everything is like, oh, the president wants his base to come up and build that wall, and he says all these things and creates all these narratives to like make his base act and kill people in Charlottesville and run people over and do this and send shit in the mail, like. So in that moment, when you hear these narratives that are faulty or whatever, you got to just pause for a second. You got to ask yourself some questions. Step two, you got to ask questions like, is this my reality? Is this the reality of the person that's sharing the narrative? And you got to give yourself some I wonders. I wonder, is this is this the reality of this person right now? Is this the reality of this person over an extended period of time? Because I'm telling you, the reason why I chose to talk about this on the idea of manhood is because I really feel like right now, I mean, I've relaxed. I took a step back. I listened. And I feel like the narrative on men right now is is really really on some other 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 shit like it's the male narrative right now is is it's crazy now in that moment you know a woman might say like well hey the truth is the truth. Y'all deserve it. Y'all been doing this forever. And now you see how it feels. Like, because these are real conversations I've had with people, and that's what they tell me. You know, now you see we've been dealing with this our whole life. And now it's been 10 days, and now y'all can't deal with it. You need to deal. All right, okay. You got to relax. You know what I mean? Okay, all right, all right. You know, you got to be like, okay. And as men, you got to eat those. Pause. You got to eat those. You got to just take those. Take those shots to the chest. Oh, that hurt. Okay. 
Mm, it hurt. Men are wildin'. Men have been wildin'. You right. So sometimes when it comes to that empathy piece, like you gotta, you gotta agree. Like you know what? Hey, <laughs> we we are wildin'. You right. You right. Men are kind of trash right now. That was the reality that I had to like. I had to really take that in, let that sit for a minute, wear it. Like I'm wearing this hoodie right now. I had to, had to wear it. Okay, men, men, men might be trash. Men might be a little trash. Okay, but then I had to break it down because I can't respond to a narrative with a narrative. So you can say, oh, maybe the men you deal with, or maybe even when men are facing these certain experiences, maybe I don't know. But let's have a conversation about it. Narrative step three or four, whatever it is on, I'm on, narrative should always lead to a conversation. You can't leave the narrative right there and just accept it like, oh, well, you know, that's that. Good night. See you later. You know what I'm saying? Like, the narrative should always lead to a respectful conversation. And that's hard in these days. It's hard right now to... It's hard to engage with someone that might be saying, might be expressing, typing, whatever, negative narratives about you and your people, whatever group that you belong in. And so it takes time and it takes patience and it takes a certain sensibility to not fly off the handle. And what I see from a lot of men, and I'm going to call us out, this might be a narrative too. What I see from a lot of men is they fly off the handle. You know, because, I mean, I'm going to speak real, especially black men. Like the shit that we be going through. When people come and hit us with the narrative that's like, oh, black men are like this. Da, 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 da. Or you're like, yo, do you know what I dealt with today? You know what I'm saying? Like there were white people that looked through me. Would you tell me about what I do and how I, okay. Hmm. In those moments, how are you going to react? We have to be able to move around those limited and limiting conversations. Cause those are conversations that limit us from like moving beyond that. It, don't we see how those things I'm talking to Facebook. Don't we see how those things are like limiting us? How those narratives are like ruining our friendships, ruining our relationships, our marriages, our relationships with our children, our relationships with old friends, new friends, establishing new relationships in our workplace. Those narratives that we build the people, like we might have a supervisor or a boss we've all been there i know i have like that you just hate and you just like can't stand her or him and there might be a narrative built around that person and you could easily fall into everybody else yeah she think she this and she gonna try to tell me she thinks she better than me so when you step five when you when you have a narrative it's so easy to build a story. You build a whole castle around this narrative that you just that you just made up off of one or two experiences. Yeah, so your boss was a jerk to you 
yesterday. Or maybe your, your boss was a jerk to you all year. But then you go, she thinks she better than me? What? She think that because she got this degree and I got this degree that I don't know what I'm talking about. I've been doing this for 15 years. And so you see where a simple narrative, now you question your whole experience and you talking about where she come from and who she think. Like that's where the narratives like take us down a road that's just, it's limiting. It's limiting. It causes us to have immature conversations it causes us to be petty like narrative step six narrative leads to petty conversations and how to combat that is to be mature and either relax and chill and don't respond or engage in a respectful conversation about like yo like why do you why do you feel that way like why do you feel that way in a way that's not gonna be like how you feel that way? You know what I'm saying? Like, just straight up. Like, how can we have these conversations? Right? So, for 2018, we headed into 2018, like, for real. Like, this is about to be a new year. And I want better for all of you. I want better for myself. I don't want to walk around in different scenarios, in different groups, responding to the narratives that people create about me. Right? I, I don't want I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that person. You know, all day, especially over the last, I'm not even gonna say a few months, I'm gonna say a few years. The narrative that I've heard and this entire podcast series is in response to the narrative that people might have about men. So this entire podcast, this entire whatever it is I'm doing here is a response to like the idea of manhood is to tell people that there's different perspectives that there's no narrative about men. There's no narrative about black men. There's no narrative about husbands, about fathers that should limit us into being or thinking one way. You see what I'm saying? Like there's just, that's so damaging. Like to me, what I've seen, like that's where, who said it? Ooh, Michelle, listen, the church, the church is the king of narratives. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, I gotta pause that. I gotta remember that. What was I saying over here though? Dang, I forgot. It was a good one. Ah, uh, this is what happens. This is real life, folks. I can't remember what I was talking about. Um, I don't know, but it was fire. Um, no, this whole podcast, like that's what this podcast was entitled to do. The podcast was like created to address the narratives that people create about people like me, you know, young ish, you know, young, young, quote unquote, young, black, educated, 
straight that's me you know i know there's others out there straight married fathers husbands college grad friends fraternity member rapper <laughs> i had to throw it in there i'm not really a rapper but i just want to make sure y'all know i was listening um you know whatever it is like whatever it is like the narratives are so different i always talk about this like i know how people perceive me like i know here's a ooh, step seven about the narratives don't let people's narrative of you or the narratives that people paint of you don't let them limit your actions that's a bar right there and that's real for me because i said i had an episode on here before <clears throat> where i talked about you know like when when i go out when i go out and party let's say i go out and party everybody this is this is not new everybody knows this right i go out and party all right so listen I'm back. Uh, I had a technical difficulty with the um, with my phone. I, yeah, uh, yeah. So anyhow, what I was saying, I think it was step six or seven, that says um, don't let the narrative like impact your actions. So I was talking about like when I go out, right? I go out, I party. You know, I go out, I have a good time, and from like I don't understand any other way to go out and not dance right like when i go out like even me when i'm 40 years old when i go to the club when i go out to the different places like i'm partying like i'm not standing on the wall i don't got my foot up i don't i'm not posting up i'm not looking at nobody like i'm on the dance floor and i'm giving it to him hey, hey like that's just how i've always been since i was since my first party at jmu pc ballroom like I stepped in there and they know what was going on. When I get when I get into the place, they just know it's different, right? Like I bring a different kind of energy. And I'm not afraid to get on the dance floor and dance. Like what else are you there for? You listen to music. You can listen to music at home. Um But I understand the power of narrative because narratives say men don't dance. What you dancing for? You smiling? You always smile. Why you always happy? Those are narratives that people paint about different people. Like, you know what I'm saying? They'll paint a narrative like, she always happy. <laughs> uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, why he always dancing? He must be little hmm, Mr. Furley. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even. So, it's easy in those situations to let the narrative that's happening about you impact your actions and be like oh you know i'm gonna go into this place and you know people might you know they might be looking at me they might think you know i'm gonna dance or you know they might think i'm something something so i'm just gonna chill back here but a part of being mature having a certain level of maturity when dealing with narrative is that like yo so what i'm gonna go against the narrative and i don't have to you don't have to make a statement when you go again you don't have to be like yo only this 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 type of people go to parties and dance you don't be like well i'm not that and i still did you don't gotta do that just go and dance just go and like just do whatever you want to do like whatever it is like whatever it is if you're the counter narrative 
You don't have to tell people you're the counter narrative. That's step eight. I don't even know. Step seven, eight, six. I don't know. You don't have to announce it. Yo, not me. That I don't do that. I don't know who you messing with, but that's like you don't have to do all that. You could just let your actions show people like, oh, that's clearly not him. So it's like a two-way street. It's like a two-way, it's a two-way thing. If there's a narrative being created about you or about a group that you belong to, you don't always have to fly off the handle and respond back. You could just chill, do what you have to do that's against the narrative and show people that it's different. You could show people. You know what I'm saying? Think about all the narratives. Again, I'm focusing on men because it's the idea of manhood podcast. Like, you know what it is, right? So think about all the narratives that people have of men when it comes to parenting. Let's just focus on the angle. When it comes to parenting, you know what I'm saying? For the longest time when I was, you know, a new dad 11 years ago, you know, even 12 years ago when my wife was pregnant, like, People would be surprised by the level of care that I showed in whatever situation. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was that dad that was at all of the, you know, the prenatal visits. I was there in the in, in the audience, in the um, in the office, like, hey, what's up? Like not knowing nothing. Like, hey, like they wouldn't allow me to come back. They wouldn't talk to me. They wouldn't give me direct eye contact. They would be like, oh, what is he here for? Like, literally, those are some of the things that they said out loud. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I could have flown off the handle, and I'm sure I did, just knowing who I am. Um, but it's like, looking back on it, all I had to do was let my actions speak. You know, all coming up as a parent to this very day, somebody asked me, oh, What's your daughter's shoe size? And they'll stop. They'll be like, what's your daughter's shoe size? And now and I'll be getting ready to answer. And I, oh, you don't know that. I'll just ask your wife. Mother, I don't know my daughter's shoe size. Like, can I not know that? But that's the narrative that people have about you. That's not about me. Right? That's not about me. Step eight. The narrative that people put. Step nine. The narrative that people put on you is not about you. It's about them. Yo, I'm telling you, I'm not, I don't have none of this written down. I'm just talking as I go along. The narrative that people have about you or about your group, whatever group you belong to, is not about you. It's about their interaction with people that might be in that certain identity group. So people would say, oh, you know, what, um, what size shirt does your son wear? And I'd be like, oh, you know, well, he wears... This is, a, this is a real story. Oh, he wears an 8 in this type of shirt, but if it's a button-up shirt, he might need a 10, 12, but, you know, it depends if it's an athletic shirt or if it's cotton or if it's dry fit, then he might need to. Oh, wow. You know so much about your son. Mother God. What am I? I'm not supposed to know? Like, what are you talking about? So that, that's exactly how I used to respond. That's, that's really how I used to respond. And these are coming from family members. This is not just like strangers. These are like people that's close to me. What? You know your daughter's shoe size? That's crazy. You're such a good dad. God. Is that all it takes for me to be a good dad to know the shoe size? Well, I'm an awesome dad then, right? So 
you can't let these narratives like cause you to lash out, cause you to. And I'm speaking, I'm speaking from experience, and I'm also speaking from like a fault. Like these are not things that I do. I don't do this all. The, I don't do these steps I'm giving you. I don't do these all the time. I don't always engage in this way because I'm human and sometimes emotions take over and you get, you know, you get frustrated, you get mad or whatever. But what I'm trying to do, this is real. This is really one of my goals for t not even 2018, just for from this day, every day moving forward is like, is to really, when these things are said, when you're in these environments where people might be speaking negatively about a group that you belong to, just taking a step back, letting things happen, and then let your actions speak against or towards whatever they might be painting about you. Um, and so I'm gonna leave it there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah. That's a fact, Tamika. You are absolutely right. Win Nottingham. Or is that wine? Wine. <laughs> That's a fact. I mean, it is their perspective. And I'm not even going to say that their perspective is wrong. Their perspective is just their perspective. But what I will say is that we have to, we, all of us, me included, have to... We have to be aware that there are narratives, but that narratives aren't the only way. <laughs> right, Aaron. <laughs> exactly. We need to we need to take this over to that. <laughs> you know what, Aaron, you about to get me to say something I don't want to say. But you know, okay. Um we have to be ready to we have to be able to do this in real life. We have to be able to engage this way, even when the heat is on us, even when people are all around us are saying, men ain't this, men are trash, all men are dogs, all men are this, all men are whatever. I'm speaking to the man because I did manhood. Like, you know what I'm saying? As men, we have to be just relaxed, take a step back, be ready to you know, respectfully engage or empathize with the group that's saying whatever it is that we're saying and either leave it there or lead by example, by your action, that there are differences, that there are, that there's not a universal narrative about any group, men, women, boys, girls, whatever. There's no universal narrative. And you know what's really hard? This might be a different episode. This is the next episode. The next episode, music just got so loud in my in my ears. Um, the next episode is how oh, I'm doing some computer things here. The next episode is how do we shoot? I'm sorry, I messed something up. Um, the next episode is how do we How are we as parents in a society that engages with people on narratives? That's a fear of mine. 
Like that's a fear. That's a big fear in mind. Like how do I raise my son and teach my daughter to engage with people outside of the narrative when I know that as a black little girl going into a black young girl, black woman, black teenager, whatever, and as a black boy about to be a preteen, a teenager, when especially when you're black, especially when you're a member of any minority group, any like whatever group, you know that it's easy for the mainstream to place a narrative on us. Like, how do you move when the school system is placing a narrative on our kids, the neighborhood, aunties and uncles, grandma and grandpas, your friends, the coaches, they create a narrative of you and they treat you as such. And our kids, you know, my kids, y'all, everybody's kids, you know, will get to an age where they start to see that and they start to think like, why, why do all the girls get to do this, but the boys don't get to do that? Like, why do they always think the boys want to do this? You know, um, why I wanted to play the clarinet, but none of the boys did. So I decided to do, you know what I'm saying? Like different things like that in terms of how narrative, like how do we raise our kids in 2017, 18, 20, 25, where these narratives become the way that people engage the way that police officers engage with black men is as a result of narratives the way that teachers white teachers black teachers latino teachers the way that they deal with black and brown and white and yellow and all students is based on limited narratives of the experiences that they had I see it. I know it. I, that's not a. That's not a question. That's a fact. So that'll have to be a different episode because that's gonna take it to another. That's. I'm already at an hour plus or fifty some minutes. So with that, I'm just gonna say. Um, I'm gonna say good night. This is the idea of manhood. Thank you for my. This is the first time I'm gonna do this, and I think I might do this. I like this. I like this. I'm on the Facebook. I'm looking at it. I'm doing. You know, speaking with my hands. I like this Facebook thing. Somebody told me I look homeless um, on my on my um, on my Facebook feed right now, and uh, just know that I see you. Uh, I know who you are, and uh, next time I'm gonna look even more homeless. Uh, so how about that narrative, huh? No, I'm playing. I was, you know, I can't. It's cold in the basement first. Uh, you know, I'm not explaining. Hey, listen, it's the idea of manhood. Thank you so much for tuning in Facebook Live. If you're listening, I'm going to share this video. Um, I'm, I'm going to post the podcast tomorrow in the morning. Um, thank you, Kim. Kim, Kim, I see you, Kim. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to post the podcast in the morning onto iTunes, onto SoundCloud, onto Stitcher, onto wherever you listen to your podcast. You should be able to find this one. Let people know. I think I'm gonna. I think I like this. I think I like the Facebook integration. While I'm recording, you see the microphone. My mic sound nice. Check one. And then um, in the future, I could interact with the folks. I could 
record my thing boom boom surprise you know but the whole point is we want to get these numbers up we want people to listen not for any type of money i'm not making no money off this um but i really feel as if i have a message and an angle and a perspective that's needed in these days and times like right now like what's going on on tv and in the you know in the media and music everything i feel as if i have a unique voice and i feel as if i am um i am uh i've been tapped uh to to share these messages in the way that i share them with respect you know with honesty you know not sugarcoating you know not not you know um tiptoeing around the issues i really want to face them head on so if this is what you're all about tune in again every friday maybe um what is it it's not friday well it's friday now but the episodes i don't know when they come out but what i'll do is and i shouldn't even be see look this, this is why nobody listens because i'm talking too much um but what i'm gonna do is i'll put an announcement on facebook and on twitter just saying you know tune in to the idea of manhood we're gonna do a live broadcast it's gonna be on and then i'll post it give people a time it'll be like a tv show and we'll do this and then i'll record i'll put this out and then we'll go from there right um good thank you kim thank you thank you thank you everybody for listening thank you everybody on facebook thank you everybody on itunes if you subscribe to podcast make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that Anytime I post an episode, it'll send you a message. Um, and then also rate, review, uh, 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 share it, comment. Like those are the things that that get people's attention. Uh, because I do want a bigger format. I do want my voice to be out there. Um, because I know that what we have is something pretty cool. All right, I holler at y'all later on Facebook. I holler at y'all later on the on the um on the podcast later this is five mics husband father educator writer mc the microphone gives me wing i'm gonna continue sipping on my little blackberry tequila i don't even know like what what good night i'm gonna cut this